Yeah, here we go. It's High Drop. <laughs> episode 39. It's a bonus episode. That's a special bonus for you guys. Thank you for listening. We got Max Lee Abbott on this episode from Australia. Check it out. My man Imp left a tech and a nine at my crib. Turned himself in, he had to do a bid. A one to three, he be home the end of 93. I'm ready to get this paper, G. You with me? Motherfucking right. My pockets looking kind of tight. And I'm stressed, yo Biggie, let me get the vest No need for that, just grab the fucking gat The first pocket that's fat, the tech is to his back Word is born, I'ma smoke him, yo don't fake no moves what? Treat it like boxing, stick and move, stick and Nigga, move you ain't got Yeah, ooh, yeah, I don't know what's going on This couch is really uncomfortable Just so you guys know, I need to get a new couch for the High Drop Studios But more importantly, we got a bunch of things going on And uh, first and foremost, that was a special shout out That's of course the Notorious B.I.G. Would give me the loot. And that's a special shout out because we got the notorious one, Conor McGregor, fighting this weekend. Tomorrow, he just weighed in. He made championship weight. So did Habib. They are on. The fight is going down. I couldn't be more stoked about it. The press conference was hilarious. I mean, I, I won't go into it because I already go into it way too much in the episode. But shout out to anyone who's a fan of the UFC. I hope you guys are going to enjoy this one as I am. Um, but we got Max Lee Abbott on this episode. He is our guest, and he absolutely crushed it on the mic. He was hilarious. I mean, in true high drop fashion, we talked. Ugh, we 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 talked a lot about dicks, but that's okay because this this podcast is ridiculous, and that's part of the fun. So I hope you're in for some dick jokes. But we also had some really good uh, conversations about you know all, a lot of different things. Uh, Max, I just met him yesterday. He was. You know, just visiting. He's touring through here. He's part of the Owls Gang Parliament. So, out of Russia or Russia, Jesus Christ, I'm I'm so fight minded right now. Sorry, guys. Um, he's out of Australia and he is absolutely hilarious. And he, you know, we had a lot of fun. We went on a hike yesterday and we talked more about you know different philosophies and stuff. So I'd love to have him back on because um, he's got some really interesting, just shared uh, interests as I do in, in terms of philosophy and like even. Um, you know, just consciousness and psychedelic and things that are, you know, all per percolating, it seems like, these days in the modern age. So we'll maybe have Max back on. I think you guys are going to love this one. I certainly did. Um, I wanted to say two more things. Oh, yeah. One, Art of Retreat, I did not get an episode out there. It was like the one thing I was trying to do, but I, I would lo I'd love to tell you guys more about it. But basically... The, uh, the, it was so fun. It was so jam packed full of like awesome activities and talks and stuff that I felt like it would be, you know, and plus we were staying in log cabins and shit. It was literally like a YMCA summer camp. It was, that was hilarious, but like, it was super fun. It was super beautiful up there outside of Seattle. And I didn't really want to interrupt the schedule and I wanted to experience it more. And I already had my, my podcast lined up with John Hedge Hall, which obviously came out last episode. So I figured it would be better to just, at least I know I can bring the podcasting. I know how to pack my podcast out with me this now, um, but there wasn't really an outlet or anywhere to set it up very easily. And, you know, the people that were there, they're not there necessarily. You know, I need to plan it out. I was too improvised on that one. So we'll get it next time. Next time my art of retreat happens, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to probably set something up more officially. But it was just a little, a little too, uh, <laughs> Sometimes you can't make it work, you know? 
or sometimes making it work is more effort than it's worth. So that's why I'm dropping the bonus episode for you guys this week to make it up to you. So here we go. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to say was, oh, just shout out to Dom Tomato and the Lion 25. Fuck's sake. If you guys saw it, I shared it on the High Drop Instagram, but I'm sure you've seen it already. Dom Tomato sent the 25 star in Lyon, France, which was, of course, made legendary by skateboarding. Um, Ali Bulala, first person to step to it, basically, back in, I'm not sure when, but way back in the day, made a video, 50 stairs in a day, where he did like a... Just, just check it out on YouTube if you want to see. Like, he's an eccentric, hilarious skateboarder, but um, he's actually got a kind of wild story. So, if you want to check out his story, I think Vice did a documentary on him that was really interesting. But anyhow, Ali Balala sent it, blasted his heels in half, and then uh, you know, what was it like? Ten, twelve, thirteen years later, fifteen years later, maybe Jaws, Aaron Jaws Hamoki, who's like similar to Dom, it just known in skateboarding for his ability to absorb insane amounts of impact and do some of the biggest drops, the biggest height drops, I should say, known to humankind. Um, so he was able to, to melon it, like kind of a shifty melon grab down the line 25 um, and walk away, which, you know, is just insane. I mean, he broke his, I think he tore his MCL the first time he tried it and then he came back and then did finish the job, I guess. So... Dom stepping to it now and entering this domain of like this legendary skate spot and like this one that has so much history behind it. And, you know, and then he, of course, sent a sick front flip. It was absolutely amazing, but blasted his heels as well. Uh, a la, a la Bulala. Say that five times fast. But um, still, I mean, just, just the fact that he was willing to throw, I mean, just the fact that he's, I don't know anyone that's even capable or even wanting or would be able to do that, you know. So, mad props to Dom Tomato for for sending that one. I don't know if he'll come back and try to send it like Jaws or if he's just over it. You know, we'll we'll see. Like I've had that injury where I bruised my heels. It's not fun. Um, anything on the foot injuries, you guys you guys might know, especially on the bottom of your feet. Like you can't get circulation as well down there because you're if you're standing at your job or if you're just anything you do, you're on your feet. So, foot injuries take a long time to heal. Sometimes it's to heal. It's it's annoying. But I'm sure, <clears throat> I don't know the timeline of it. He might already be healed. But uh, that was a legendary clip. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched to see just, just more of this stuff. It's kind of interesting how we're sharing spots in some ways now with the with the skateboarding game. You know, I saw Pasha was at the Hollywood High 16 doing some stuff. I love it. I just personally love it. Without further ado, though, I'm I'm absolutely going over in this intro. Um, let's get in here. Let's get into it with Max Lee Abbott from Owls Game Parliament. Check out the links in the description. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Max, for coming on. Much love, all. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just know that, you know, <clears throat> most it's, people in the parkour world are cool with cunt, but occasionally people will just, you know, like, you know, you talk to Americans and they try to imitate my accent and they'll say cunt at the end, but you know that they're faking it because they always say like, oh yeah, g'day cunt. And they, they just can't say it with the, you know, the enthusiasm that you need. You need, you need emphasis on it. Yeah. You yeah, can't, yeah. because then it actually makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. You got to start with the, if you're going to say cunt, you got to fucking come right out with it. Oh, well, I feel like. That's exactly right. Like I don't want any of this. Hey, yeah, man, this guy, he's one sick cunt. You know, it just doesn't like, doesn't have that same visceral sort of threatening that you get from the cunt, you know? Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, which is, I think, why the word is is both offensive and really 
quite valuable to say, you know. It's quite nice. I, 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 I possibly I could, use it too much. I mean, Australians are known for using it. And I think it's making kind of a comeback because of you guys. So you guys are doing... You're doing the hard work. Yeah. You're doing, yeah, you're doing, exactly. You're basically doing God's work. You're the by Elon bring, Musk of the cunt world. Yeah, yeah. You're bringing you know? cunt back into the uh, lexicon, and we appreciate you yeah. for doing that. Well, that's, it's, it's really the least we can do, considering, <laughs> you know, we, we piggyback on the Western world for most other things. <laughs> well, are you, I mean, I, I thought, is Australia not part of the Western world? What are they? Well, they're, the, the, they're the underworld. I mean, other than like. They're the, the world down under? Yeah, yeah. What do the, you. The, the world down under. I mean, we definitely call ourselves part of the West. And I, I, whenever I refer to Australia, I'll definitely include it in the West. But geographically, we're about as East as it gets. You know? Oh, okay. Like, we're more East than Japan. You're so East, you're West again. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy because it's actually a circle. I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> if you, if you no, go, no, no, if you no, go no. East long enough. Bro. You eventually go west. I know you've been told this. You know you they they got you. They yeah. got you. Yeah. They've been they've been they've been yeah. shoving shoveling this down our throats our yeah. whole lives. No. But if you look online, <laughs> then you'll find out that the Earth is in fact flat. Yeah. I've, and uh, I've seen some compelling arguments recently about it. Actually, of uh, I've had a look. I mean, I've flown both ways from from Australia a couple of times, uh, and I'll be honest. When you look down, you see the ocean. Same ocean. Same ocean, Indian Ocean, isn't it? Pacific Ocean. It's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, man. It's all the. It's all the same color. It's a disc. It's a. It's a, it's disc. a disc. Straight up. You guys got. You guys all heard it here first. For real, confirmed. We we have someone from the other side of the globe. Uh, in quotes. Alleged. Alleged. Other side. Other side. So there's one side. It's like basically a coin. just you know. I think like a coin on the other side. There's just a picture of Abraham Lincoln's face. <laughs> And, you know, if you flip it, you can call heads or tails, depending on uh, which side the earth lands on. Um, I think that uh, I'm, a, I'm a tails kind of guy. I might have to go down to Australia just yeah. so I can uh, well, live it up down there. Yeah, you'd be more is than Is everything welcome. reversed? Is it like Bizarro World? I, it, it is not at all <laughs> like that, actually. It's, it's Superman, very, like, very is similar. he purple um, in your world? Y- yeah, I guess. I can't say. I mean, I haven't, I'm not on, like, first name basis <laughs> with Superman. <laughs> Uh, doesn't let me call him Clark, sadly, uh, Clarky, damn. as I would call him if if he would. But no, at the moment it's just I, mis- he, it's Mister Man. Here, check this out. He lets me call him Cal. No, that's what's up. That's that's fucked up. Yeah, man. How did you? Oh man, we're bros. Me, I don't me even, and Superman go way back. I don't think I'd feel uncomfortable calling him that, even even with permission. That's you know, how, that's how close you'd have to be. <clears throat> we had an intimate relationship. What can I say? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, fair enough. A little too intimate, if you, know, oh, if you really? ask me. You know, actually, things yeah. kind of ended weird. And, uh, you know, I got no hard feelings against him. We yeah. are raising a child together. Oh, really? But uh, ultimately. That's nice. Cool. He's like a demi-superhero. No, no, no. Actually. Uh, or is he full superhero? It's full superhero. Oh, full really? Full superhero. Oh, yeah, geez. yeah. Yeah, That's I got powers good. as well. That's. Powers of making bullshit up. Like, what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about right now, dude? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, that was a weird way. Maybe the best start of all time, though. We 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 shot out of the episode with the word "cunt." Good dude. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. What, I wasn't even like I have literally no idea when the episode started because yeah, it was pretty much a, a nonstop stream of shit talking <laughs> from when I walked in, like you know what, half an hour, forty five minutes ago when I first met you, <laughs> to now. And at some point, you've hit record, and yeah. I'm still not sure. I can't. I'm not allowed to see the uh, the screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. well, you. You could see. It. I mean, I could tilt it towards you. Yeah. See, this is what's oh, happening. Okay. All right. See, that's you. Nice. And this is me. The slightly better looking sound waves is me. I mean, 
the, the I had to I had to adjust your sound waves <laughs> to make them look that good because okay, honestly, okay. mine my sound waves are all natural. You, you I had to auto tune you your sound a waves. Snapchat beautiful. I had filter to, yeah, I had to put the, on the, the sound uh, wave Clarendon filter yeah. through your sound waves. Okay, but uh, right. it's 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 very nice. It's very nice. It's just you kind of. You blew out the mic with with your horrendous words. <laughs> oh dear! From down my, under. my overuse of cunt. You know, actually, that's a bad word. I don't know if you saw the new Joe Rogan special. No, I didn't. Joe Rogan. I don't know if you're a fan. I'm a fan. Reasonable fan. Yeah. <clears throat> Joe Rogan has a new comedy special out on Netflix, and he discusses this briefly. But that word seems to have made like almost an entire comeback. It doesn't really hold any weight like it used to. No. Even even in the Americas, like I, I really don't hold back with it unless I'm around. Not even. I never really hold back with it. If if I'm like very, if I know that someone's like very sensitive to the word, I might like. I don't know. I don't really use it that to be honest that much anyhow because it's not part of our vernacular, especially because yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. grew up in the era where it was completely taboo. Yeah. But um. But it doesn't seem like anyone uses it like anymore to to any effect. It doesn't like seem to no, piss people no, off. No, no, yeah. I think it's everyone it's, uses it the Australian it's, way. It's the same way. Like you, you, it's. I guess that's just the cycle of the swear word, right? Like. There was a time in Australia where saying bloody was, you know, an actual swear word. And now, <coughs> and I now that's Jamaica. Jamaica's that. still rocking the bloody. Is it? Oh, I think good. so. I think yeah. bloody is like pretty fucked up in, in uh, Jamaica. Oh, really? Know. We had a Jamaican dude on, but I can't remember. Hey, really? And you, and you said bloody and he flinched. No, 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 no. I think he just had a shit mouth. Oh, okay. He was just, <laughs> he just down. He's an explicit guy. Yeah, good. A bit of a potty mouth. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, like, yeah, bloody could be bad. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously people get a hold of it. And, and whatever's the most offensive and therefore comes with a bit of funniness because, you know, you can you can feel a bit special for being like, cunt, ooh, ooh, not meant to say that word. And then you just keep doing that until uh, until it's no longer actually a swear word. And, you know, shit is a good, another good example of that. Time when shit was pretty offensive. Now I would say shit in front of pretty much anyone. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, um, it's weird that languages have that cycle. Or not languages, but words go in and out of, of fashion and then also in and out of like tabooness. Yeah. Like, like you said, they, they, they go through eras where in certain cultures you literally can't say them. You'll, it's like Voldemort and Harry Potter. Don't yeah, say it. It People, summons someone. <laughs> yeah. It summons, it summons the demons, you know, of, yeah. of our <laughs> minds. Social justice warrior to get angry at. <clears throat> and of course, like sometimes they're, you know, words like shit. It's like, it's a curse word. It might, it might carry with it some kind of stigma. Which I think is valid. Like the part of what's interesting is like these words have to hold some kind of weight. Otherwise, they're not powerful words. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, quickly they just become a word if mm -hmm. they're not holding any weight. But what I think is actually quite interesting uh, is the words that, at least from my point of view, and you can kind of see in the parkour community as well, what, what we're all okay with saying and what we won't so mm. for example like i try really hard not to use the word pussy to describe someone who's like fearful yeah uh, and that is which i now understand is like it's a blatant contradiction because both of them are just you know they just mean the, the same thing i mean but yeah <laughs> so i'll try and use wuss and try to use less gendered terms for things like that but but things like cunt fucking shit i'll say just <laughs> non-stop yeah, those so are they're gender neutral. I think well, it's that it's yeah. that it's that me too. It's the it's the environment we're living in. We're all trying to make a concerted effort to to not be such pieces of shit as men because we've kind of been called on it, you know. Yeah, and, and, I would and rightfully so. And yeah. I think that's like that. I mean, we used to we used to uh, try to soften, which 
and my by soften I mean I don't take, know what I mean. It. <laughs> it's not softening in any way, but we used to try to make it more neutral by using adding dick to the end of it. So yeah, if right. you're gonna call someone pussy, you have to call them pussy dick. Okay, so it sort of equals call it. Call them pussy dick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's um, not too bad. But I don't know. I don't bad. know. That's just one yeah. out, one out there for the boys and girls that. <laughs> For all the young people out there that that want to open their 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 world up to to new vocabulary, yeah, but the vernacular. Yeah, I think of, that one's very really interesting. Like, yeah, it's jokes. kind of the intention is still. It should be the primary. I think. Um, <clears throat> I think we need to start. We again, like I've been talking about this on the podcast. Like we need to embrace an era of nuance a little bit more. Mm. Take things a little more case by case. Mm. It's hard to do that because we ultimately have to have heuristics and like we have to like we, we can't pay attention to everything so you have to be able to people need a target that they can jump behind and and aim their whatever they're passionate about if they don't if you, if they're if they think gender inequality is this big thing and they want to they think pussy is like this word that needs to be like you said just said yeah. less or avoided yeah, or, I mean, yeah. but ultimately the intention that you're using it with is paramount or should be paramount in my opinion because yeah, if you're calling someone a pussy because you you're you know it seems to be that that seems to be first of all it's just mean to be making some of fun of somebody for for being afraid of something which yeah. which is just a dick move but then like even if it's your friends it, it it can be misconstrued the wrong way especially if there's women about it seems like it's it's against females it's against it could yeah. be it could be interpreted that way it, yeah which of course you don't hold that viewpoint. But that's why you're being cautious, is because you know that it could be sensitively interpreted. Yeah, I'm I think sure. I think I think just it is pretty damaging, and it partly it has something to do with the person you're speaking to. But more than anything, I think it's just trying to steer away from kind of comparing being fearful or or being like a bit scared of something and being a woman. Because yeah. I think those like that is actually a pretty dangerous thing to sort of say. Well, you know, not doing a scary thing is something that a woman would do, and if you're a man, you would do this scary uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And that for me is like, oh, I don't. I think we should try and steer clear of that uh, sort of comparison as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that doesn't mean that. Like, I definitely don't think anyone who uses that word is necessarily thinking clearly. Oh, I'm going to compare this person to a woman. Ha ha ha. Like obviously, yeah, it's no, just no, people just talking not. shit. Of course not. And I'm more responsible of talking shit than your average person, so <laughs> can't yeah. be pointing too many fingers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, all these words. Here's the thing: is like the um, like we all have to make that effort, right? Yeah. But it seems like every time we we make a step forward, and I I don't we 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 make we make progress, but then there there arises a new word. You know, or a new, like we said, they go through these cycles. Yeah. So then, you know, uh, pussy's off the table for a while or something, but then bitch comes back or something. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> it's hard to to actually quell or stomp out the the negativity and the hate because there are people out there that are real pieces of shit that believe these things, and they are using those words that way. And that's why, yeah, with, with that's where the phrase, like, a few bad apples ruin the bunch or whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, like, it spoils exactly. it for the rest of us. We're all adult enough to maybe use these words but now we won't because it piece of shit and you can't use the word correctly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you ruined it for everyone. You know who you are. You know, yeah, you guys out there. I mean, and also all these people that I'm calling pieces of shit, like that person lives inside all of us as well. Like we have to, that's partly the reason why you have to be very careful because I think at least you have to know that, that you're not perfect. 
you have to know that like if you do keep using those words, if you are too casual about it, you will invariably hurt someone's feelings or, you know, become the person that you think that you're not. You know, you're like, oh, I'm just I'm, yeah, you become, I know what I'm doing with you, it. I'm can, fucking clever. I'm but it's a slippery slope to being that rotten apple that ruins the whole bunch yeah, without exactly. even realizing it. Which is something that I like again, like I will use words uh that are probably offensive to many people every day. Mm-hmm. Uh but at the same time I just try to really pick the context. I try to really understand what how you some people might interpret the words I'm saying and if I'm around like just the lads uh and they understand, you know, and I feel like they're they're pretty on board with the damaging effects that using the words um incorrectly can have then they'll then I'll probably be a bit more blase around the words I use. But if I'm in a situation where I know that there are people who would probably find the word pussy or cunt offensive, mm-hmm. then I'll try my absolute best to just not use it. And I think that's that's probably something I would recommend to other people to do. <laughs> Unless, you know, you yeah. just want to not do that. Yeah, I mean it's tough, enough, right? Because ultimately we're not gonna give up our free speech, you know? It, or we don't we, we, we can't go too far in either direction. Yeah. Like if we you know, I don't know. And this is this has been the debate, and this has been a hot topic for for just like the current times. Is like <clears throat> people now want to compel speech. Jordan Peterson, that's what like, where his career, like his extreme boom, mm. launched off of was this idea that all right, people that don't want to be offended, and everyone's trying to be nice, but then ultimately <clears throat> it went from all right, we'll be nice. You can you know you can do whatever you want to like you have to call me this. Like yeah. this is the new word you're using it. Yeah, yeah. And that's where at least Jordan Peterson drew the line, and I think probably rightfully so. It's just like, all right, <clears throat> hold on. You have to be at least be free to be a dick. Yeah. And be free enough yeah. to be a you know, considered offensive or because <clears throat> you know, this is like and this is something we talked about last time with John, is like you have to kind of be able to cross the line and not hopefully we also are gonna not like jump down each other's throats and banish each other exile like the the instinct is to exile people from society permanently yeah you're yeah. a piece of shit Ugh, like fuck that guy but ultimately we all think we deserve second chances too right i mean like you have to be able to make mistakes trip over yourself and, and come back from it too yeah if and it's not too egregious as long as you're willing to uh accept when you've made a mistake and, and when if someone calls you out on it like mm-hmm. think about it critically for sure kind of think about whether or not this criticism is fair enough and try and have an objective mind about it. Uh, and often I have been called out personally a number <laughs> of times and yeah. I've gone, hey, you know what, actually that's that's fair enough. That's I yeah. probably shouldn't be speaking that way. Yeah. Um, even though I had no like actual ill intention by using those words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, no, I, I do think that trying to respect, restrict the way that other people speak is in many ways... Uh, just violating their freedom um, yeah. as much as it is empowering other people's freedom, which is, you know, quite a long conversation that I am absolutely not qualified to talk about. Nor uh, am I. So I might actually segue the conversation with Please a quick do. anecdote about the word cunt. I uh, love it. Which involves <laughs> the first time I met the Stora Boys in in Horsham. All right. Uh, we, were, we were in uh, their very... Very not professional looking uh, place where they held the t-shirts and shipped them out. At the time, I assume it's gotten a little bit better now. This is like four years ago. Uh, and Benjamin and Max just gave Sam, Carter and I pens, uh, stickers 
and little like receipt things and we're just like here you go have fun and so we were just like riding cunt drawing dicks <laughs> doing everything we could to kind of befoul these uh yeah, these yes. stickers and uh <coughs> Stickers and receipts, and then we sent them all out, and it was amazing. And then, like a month and a half later, Benj sent us a message and was like, "Yo, check out this email we got," and it was just an irate <laughs> oh mother boy. from uh, from uh, I think it was America, being like, "What is? Why was there a penis drawn on this sticker? <laughs> this is it, like ridiculous, is unprofessional." Oh, and it I, is. I thought that it was, is. you know, I, I laughed, yeah. but at the same time, professionalism is cool, kids. Yeah, but dicks are still funny. They're still funny, man. They're still funny. See, yeah, that's like, we got to strike the balance, you know? And I love, I mean, I used to draw a lot of like uh, little pieces of art as well for for the for the orders for Merm and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's key. Like, you're going to piss off people. You're going to have to accept that. And like, you're like yeah. you said, you're like, All right, I'm willing to piss off one irate mother from America. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, moms Look, of the world. Hey, if, if about four years ago you got a sticker with a dick drawn on the back. Uh, I would love to hear who you are. Because I, I have no idea. Like, you know, this was essentially just putting it off into the universe, never to be seen again. Uh, so if I could I could track down where those dicks went, I'd be stoked. Yeah, there's something about people like us, I think, that would draw dicks on things. There, there's just a lot of <laughs> us out there. We're, we're, we're the called word. immature, yeah. And I don't know what the percentage of the population is, but that's basically my gut instinct as well is like actually someone uh adam truesdale from from when we were at art of retreat was like going around getting people to sign his art of retreat book like they, we all got this little journal and i was like well i'm gonna draw a dick and he was like no oh, please do i was like, <laughs> That's I, was like I don't know happen. what you want me to do you <laughs> handed me a pen and and open sheets of paper I, I i don't have a message for you other than Here's a here's a rendering of a cock. Yeah, yeah. Here's the male genitalia drawn <laughs> crudely. And then, and then Amos tried to essentially one up me and drew a bigger <laughs> dick next to mine. This is classic Amos. It's classic Amos. I've met him having, once, but I already to, know uh, that he's. He, this is just classic Amos. Classic Amos. Um, we get yeah, it, mate. We, you got a big dick. <laughs> he thinks he's got a big dick. We've seen bigger. All right, calm down. I've seen plenty of big ones. So. Yeah, but come on, guys. Actually, I haven't seen his, though, to be fair. So maybe he's got a Actually, deep swinging. Uh, at NAPC, we all did go to the beach. Oh, yeah. Uh, and when I say we, it was probably a group of maybe like 20, 25 athletes, vast majority of which were male. Mm, that's uh, what happens. Yeah, yeah. Nothing out of the ordinary. Tis I'm sure PK. no one's going to question me on that one. Uh, and we went to a beach, and it was a nudist beach. Mm. Uh, and, you know, naturally, good portion of us stripped off. And by the end, uh, it was pretty much 100% full nudity. We played strip hacky sack, but we were all only wearing underwear. Uh-huh. So it's really just one round strip yeah, hacky yeah, sack. Yeah. Uh, and then we were all just all very naked. So the list of parkour athletes' penises who I've <laughs> seen and everyone else has seen and athletes who have seen my penis is... <laughs> Recently, seriously increased. Um, well, so that's fun. maybe maybe we'll do a calendar or something one yeah. day. Yeah, oh, that'd be you nice. Know? And no, just no photos, just dick shots of everybody. Yeah, and you kind of have to try to place athlete's yeah, yeah. penis. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to wow. guess. Um, and maybe some some mid shots, like some really you know mid backflip, or we can do some really yeah. cool movement that with would, it. That so would be cool. You know, if you guys want to see that happen, just let us know. Yeah, send me a message, probably privately, and we can yeah, maybe get yeah. some previews. Uh, please don't. Um, not actually going to send out dick pics. Please don't uh, 
don't hit me up for those. Oh, guys, cause... guys are so aggressive. It's so weird when the, the you know, like I, I've, I've seen, I've received dicks, dick pictures so on via Instagram. Yeah. And it's just the fuck are you doing? I mean, what, what, what is going through? There's one thing to draw a penis. I'll take, I'll take that level of maturity. But to, to, to show somebody your penis unasked, unsolicited photos of your cock, it's not okay. It's not okay. This is not, a, this is not the environment we want to live in. We don't in. need to cross that line to know that the line is before then. This is true. This is true. Um, I don't know anyone that sends dick pics, but they better be like hilarious or they're just <laughs> like not. Like you're wearing a funny hat or like, something. Uh, I mean, like the only dick pic that I've appreciated my whole life that I can think of right now is my, a friend of ours, Trayvon, squirted like put his dick in a hot dog bun and actually squirted ketchup and mustard on it <laughs> like that takes some creativity that shows initially yeah. like that shows uh you know that's artistic in some way it's it's really funny it's actually funny you're making me look at your dumb disgusting pale dick but it's also hilarious, so I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, as long as you know there's comedic value and the you think the recipient's going to appreciate it, I think is a key part. I think this uh, is true. Then, you know, I guess there's a time and a place. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the real question is, Brandon, do you think you could take me up on the challenge of doing a whole podcast without once making a dick joke? Do you reckon you could physically do that? Potentially <coughs> an hour and a half without talking about penises. <laughs> I think I could. You reckon you could? Well, we already failed this one. Well, I mean, this one's so long So we're going to have to try it next time. That'll be the next time we sit down, we'll do the No Dick Podcast Challenge. Yeah. Where we do a whole podcast, yeah. no dick jokes, no mention of dicks, penises, or even phallic-shaped, like yeah, phallic absolutely. innuendo. Yeah, absolutely. So hot dogs, they're out. No mentioning hot dogs. Unless we're talking about, you know... Hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, well, I, guess, I guess then it would get a pass, <laughs> wouldn't it? Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no no, innu- no insu- insinuations. I think I can do it. I, I genuinely think uh, at the ripe old age of 29, I've, I, I've graduated to a certain level of maturity that allows me to, to not talk about dicks for at least an hour and a half. What about you? Um, well, just before we answer me, I, I'd just like to say I actually don't know if I fully believe you. Just, I've been, you know, after listening to a good number of height drop podcasts, I'm genuinely skeptical that you could go an hour and a half without talking about penises. Uh, but on that, I think oh, it would really depend who I'm talking to, you know? Yeah. If, if I was talking to you, I don't think I could do it. I think I would just make eye contact with you. And the simple fact that we can't talk about dicks would push me over the line to just either giggling so hard that I have to say it. Or just just being. It like, would be no, hard to keep this. it honest. We'd have to have like a full agenda of like topics that we just did not deviate from. You know, we just mm, went, we went mm. down the line of talking about these ten different things. Just just write the whole thing out word yeah. for word, yeah. and then just read it. Here's the thing: Make at, sure at, at the end of that script. list, I'm drawing a fucking dick on. Yeah, it. of and course then, you are. And then I ruined the whole episode. Yeah. God, All right. So damn it. We guess the answer's no. The sorry, answer's no. Yeah, high job listeners. High job listeners. Sorry guys, this is a uh, dick full zone. Dick, not a dick-free zone, but a f- dickful. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Unfortunately. Oh well. God, we got to get some more women on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Oh, we need dear. to get some more women on the podcast. <laughs> Holy shit! The level of maturity could could probably rise to about a two at least if we if we did that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's gonna be my goal. Um, thanks for bringing some attention to to that to that problem no problem i'm pretty that. good at bringing attention to to dicks and when there's too many of them <laughs> yeah yeah uh, all right well 
in that case, I might change the direction of the conversation uh, and just look you dead in the eye and say, Brandon, is there anything that's really grinding your gears right now? Ooh. Is there anything that's just like really getting oh, me, Dougie, a bit pissed off? God damn it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes here's what's going on, guys. All right, later. I want to hear a good rant. I wish I had a good rant for you. Um, could you actually pull my... There's a little... that No, the fanny pack. The fanny pack. Sorry. Grab the fanny pack. Oh, no. Fuck. Oh, it no. fell out of the fanny pack. This Grab the little notebook. I might have written something down in here that I could rant on recently. That's oh, a lovely little moleskin. Um, I reckon there's fuck, at least... Fuck, I don't have anything, guys. This, he's looking through a tiny... Here's, here's what I'll tell you, though. book, and I reckon it's 80% dicks. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sketch... It's, a, it's my sketchbook of dicks. I don't have, like, that issue. I'm not fucking... What's his name? From Superbad. Um, I actually haven't seen it. You haven't seen Superbad? No. You need to see that movie. Like, yeah. And <clears throat> I don't I don't like to recommend things in general because it. who the fuck am I to tell you how to live your life? You know what I'm saying? But that movie is good, and here's why. Just think about, and this is something I think Dante brought to my attention. Think about what happened after that movie, and it'll, it'll make you understand, like, why you probably want to watch it. Every single actor, almost, that was in that movie, after that movie blew up. Yeah, that's that's true. Again, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not fully across but you know, the actors. Oh, you know all of those actors from other I can, movies I can, now. I can picture right? the like title page yeah, of the yeah. actors that are made it to that. You got your Michael Sarahs. You got your who's the who's the big dude? God damn, he's the best one. He's the one that blew up the most. Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah Hill blew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McLovin guy blew up. Um, Bill Hader and like some of the other guys in that blew up. Emma Stone was oh, from yeah. that movie. Oh, she's big. Lots of big movies. There were lots of careers got butted out of that movie. It was like a, it was the, it was the chemistry. It was the best chemistry maybe they ever had. They had mm. lightning in a bottle for that mm. movie, mate. Yeah, you're selling it. You're selling so, it. Maybe after if you haven't seen Superbad, get your fucking ass in a pull couch. Pull your fucking head in. Pull, I'm talking to myself as <laughs> pull well. Pull your fucking head in. Here's a, here. I don't have a rant for you, but I don't know. Do you watch UFC? A, a little bit. A little bit. <clears throat> if you name any like really specific fighters that aren't like the big boys, the the big swinging dicks of the UFC, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I'll have no idea who you're talking about. But if you're just talking about <laughs> UFC in general, I, I might be able to keep up. <laughs> well, um, there is a huge card this weekend. And it is probably the biggest swinging dick in the UFC. Conor McGregor yeah. is fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov. Excuse me for stuttering, but that is how it's pronounced. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. That was fast. That was I believe good. you. Well done. Um, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Fun name to say. Let me give me give the lay of the land. I was gonna actually do a little preview, but I'd rather do it with you anyways. Uh, you know, I was gonna like do it as part of the intro, but I want to address this because we're probably gonna release this one as a little bonus episode for this week. Double Ooh. episode. There you go, you fucking listeners. Boom, select that. It's cause we care. It's cause we care. Um, so we're excited about that. But this is ultimately it's projected and it's being advertised as the biggest UFC fight of all time. Ooh. It's a little skeptical. It doesn't seem to have the hype behind it that it that other Conor McGregor fights have had. Yeah, it was definitely no Mayweather-McGregor <clears throat> Mayweather-McGregor's boxing, it's a little bit different. Yeah, no, and they yeah, had like yeah. three different promotional. They had Mayweather uh, promotions. They had Showtime and UFC promoting it. So it's not going to do those kinds of numbers probably um, just based on that fact. And just Mayweather has his own engine that is just yeah, fucking yeah. monstrous. But it's, 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 it's a, it could still be the biggest pay-per-view for UFC of all time. Conor is... Set the last two right. He holds the one and two split or title or spots, so he could be one, two, three now after this. Jesus, I have to fucking belch all of a sudden. Um, 
<clears throat> I'm really excited about this card. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk you off too much about it, but do you know anything about Habib or Connor? Uh, what I know, uh, and it could all be wrong, is that Conor McGregor is, you know, he's a champion. He's good at what he does. Two-time champion. Uh, Two-weight champion. His competitor is has actually been undefeated, and Connor is has had defeats. Yes. Uh, and is that is that a correct? This is correct. Yes. Yeah, so and here's the thing about this. Well, please go on. But. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess the question is: Is it the undefeated rookie or the the longtime champ? Maybe he's past his prime. Here's the thing. Okay, so here's my take on it. And there's a lot. And it, this is why this this card is so compelling. Like, regardless of what numbers it does, it is ultimately one of the most interesting fights that we've ever seen put on. Because Connor is arguably the best striker that we've ever seen in the octagon. Like, at least top two or three. You know, you 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 can make an argument that Anderson Silva yeah. was better. You can make Man's an argument hands. that like, huh? Man's got hands. Man's got hands. But I think Connor's tool set is actually bigger, and he's fought more. Like in a more stacked weight division, Anderson yep. Silva for his day, it's just like uh, it's just like now, like even even I'm like basically a generation or maybe a half generation in front of you in terms of like when Merm was popping off, it was it was certain techniques and certain people doing certain moves. Now it's more advanced techniques and more mm. advanced moves. Like the teams are maybe the same and still relevant, but obviously the movement has progressed. Yeah. So. Connor came up in an era that was a little bit more progressive, so it was harder to develop like crazy knockout win streaks. It was harder, and I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from Anderson Silva. I'm just saying like each person sets like a bar against their own peers, and yeah, and Connor's weight division is also a smaller weight division, which generally means there's more. You have to be more rounded and talent stacked because as the weight divisions go up. Anderson Silva is still in a weight division where it's insanely stacked, and especially for his day, it was one of the the most stacked. But as the weight divisions generally go up, the fighters get slower. The people, like especially towards the heavyweights, people start those, those athletes, the best athletes in the world, start getting drawn into other sports. And so, yeah, like, right. that's really interesting. I didn't because know the, because the money's not yet there yet completely. Yeah. But it will. It is already now there enough that like basically every division is ridiculously stacked, except for maybe the last two light heavyweight and heavyweight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, any, any and and the fighting is its own. You know. Yeah, crazy, sure. crazy thing. Like where a lot of a lot of people are not going to be into it because it's just yeah. the nature of it. But <clears throat> sorry, this is long winded as fuck. But to keep <laughs> to keep you to to go back to your point, Habib's undefeated record is not necessarily the biggest advantage for him right now because Connor's faced defeat. He's faced the best of the best, and if you look at Khabib's record, he's actually fought some some grade A talent. Um, like maybe one or two champions or former champions, but it's not nearly as impressive a volume of work as Connor's work. Yeah, because Connor, the the wins that Connor has are over more ridiculous athletes. Yeah. So basically, you know, it's the difference between competing at um, like NAPC against the Mish Todorovics, the Dylan Bakers, the Count Powell's, like the who's who in the world, and winning over those guys versus like. Local competition, just a, a little bit more local and regional, and it's not to say that Khabib's local and regional. He has had wins over like really, really yeah, yeah. known and, and ridiculously good fighters. However, Connor's body of work is more impressive. So you take that into account. Then you also take into account the fact that Habib's literally almost never lost a round. So wow. that could be that he's like just incredibly dominant. Yeah, or it could be that again, like maybe he's 
not been sandbagging it, but he's just not faced top tier competition mm. yet. And there's an argument to be made that, you know, he's going to be maybe caught off guard. And, yes. and if you're not used to being caught off guard, that could even compound the effect. Whereas Connor has faced literally the best boxer maybe of all time, some of the best mixed martial artists of all time, and had wins and losses in both of those areas. And because of that, he actually is more informed. He's more knowledgeable on what it takes to get to that championship level, to be to be a champion and to hold that championship yeah, title. it's the literal, he knows how to take a punch and get back up, which mm-hmm. maybe Khabib cannot. Yeah, exactly. Like, or hasn't had as much experience, especially under the pressure that one of the biggest fights in UFC history. Yeah, Khabib's never been under these that's, bright lights. You know, that'd be intense. I get nervous talking to like three or four people at a time. So, <laughs> you know, I can't imagine how he's feeling. Millions of people. Oh my God. Yeah, and English is not his first language. And so like for him, like he's getting demolished in the press conferences. I think there's another one today, actually. Conor and McGregor is a scary dude. Conor McGregor is... He's, he's, yeah, he has got the mental for warfare sure. on point. And I don't like, think I could beat him in a fight. You couldn't. You yeah, couldn't. You're he, right. he, he'd knock the fuck I think I actually weigh a bit he'd more knock, than him. So. What do you weigh at? Like 74 kilos. Oh, fuck, kilos. you're doing st- kilos and stones yeah, and shit. Yeah, it's because fucking know, we're part of the f- it, real world, yeah, not, uh, not this Yeah, weird. but you're in America now, so yeah. get your fucking uh, pounds dear. together. I'm used to this. Listeners, if, you ever, if, if you've been to America or planning to be to America, just, just get used to being berated about using a superior system hey, of measurement. Hey, we know it's superior, it's, but we don't care. Yeah. Right? We're going to well, drag everyone down with us. We're going to so drag much. everyone down with us into the Stone Age and using feet and inches and dumb shit like that yeah. with, with yeah. weird denominations and, and uh, sub, yeah. subdivisions. Well, quick question. How many feet are in a mile? 5,280. Oh, I was expecting you not to know that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, don't I look silly? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, do. Shit. Uh, this is known as the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado, oh. because we are above a mile in feet. So the elevation has given me that, that piece of knowledge and kind of kept it in me. Oh, excellent. Um, uh, but back to the UFC fight. And so what, what, are you, what, are you, what are your predictions? I guess yeah, I'm definitely feeling that you're very pro-Connor. I'm, oh, I'm a Connor dick You're going to look real silly if he loses. <clears throat> I am going to look silly. And by the way, the last time I tried to predict card uh, fights, I think in the last pay-per-view when I talked about it on the podcast, I got pretty much all of them dead wrong. Um, I tend to root for the people that I want to win, and ultimately, I'm not like a mixed martial arts analyst. I love the fight game. I love watching it, but uh, <clears throat> what the fuck do I know? Really, I haven't been in fights. Like, I haven't done mixed martial arts. I will, I think, start taking uh, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu classes um, this winter. But anyhow, here's how I see it going. Like, it's here's the full spectrum. It could be that Connor starts it because because okay, as good as Connor is a, a striker, like I was saying, Khabib is as good. Or maybe even more impressive, a grappler. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of harder to like more unique a grappler. You wouldn't necessarily say better. They're both basically virtuosos in their fields. Um, Connor at striking, Khabib at his style of wrestling, which is basically he holds you down. He like ties you up. Like he, he like a python. Like a python. He constricts Ooh, you. Scary. He's a he's a he he just grabs a hold of you and just mollywops you and he just doesn't give an inch in any direction. Yeah. Um, and he has like this freak Brutal. strength from doing that, you know, his whole life. But here's the thing is on the ground, the differences between Connor and Khabib are not as big as on the feet. So right on the feet, Khabib is way less experienced as striker. And like Connor is liable to, to fuck him up potentially. Yeah, so it could, yeah. he could starch Khabib early. If, yeah. uh, 
if if Khabib is is chin is suspect, which we don't really know if it's suspect. Yeah, that's um, it. Because he hasn't really been like tested truly that de- that way. Like some people are speculating, but we don't really Could know. Could be like Achilles, you know, he's invincible until he gets hit. He, in the he exact got, he wrong got spot. rocked a little bit by Michael Johnson back in like a fight, and that's what people keep like referencing. This guy who's like not necessarily known for his power punching, kind of like put Khabib on his heels, and he looked a little wobbly, but. It could have been just like a nice flush. Like everyone's got a puncher's chance, they say, and that's like why the UFC is so exciting because mm. any punch could like put you on your fucking oh, yeah, for on, sure. on roller skates or whatever. So we don't really know if he's got no chin, but we do know that Connor could be fucks people up. He's got the touch of death, as it's known, and he's got ridiculous timing. He's super like so. Khabib has to close that distance. If he's on the outside, he's gonna fucking absolutely yeah, get destroyed. Um, in the in in the middle, they're both very very well matched because. Khabib works well off the off the fence and like can control you, but Connor's got good scrambling abilities. He's not going to be able to probably stuff the takedown every time. Um, definitely not. Like Khabib's going to be able to take Connor down if he gets a hold of him, hundred mm. percent. That's what he does. But on the ground, he doesn't. He's not liable to land as much damage as Connor is on the feet. Like yeah, Khabib doesn't finish fights typically. He doesn't actually knock people out or submit them. Most of the time, he just goes the but whole way to the end. He seems to have the ability to do it, but he seems to kind of like wear on dudes in some ways. It's re- it's kind of weird. So we don't really know, but again, we don't know because of the competition. There's so many unknowns. So some people think it's going to be Connor Starchism. Some people think it's going to be Habib, uh, just Molly Wapson for five rounds and just mm. like you know tries to gas Connor out and just get him tired and just beat the shit out of him. So, and then everything in the middle is also possible. So there's another guy, the guy that I like to follow for fighting, this guy, Brendan Chobb, he's a former heavyweight, he's got his own podcast. He he, he predicts kind of a dog fight where, where Connor gets taken down and is controlled for some rounds, but when they start the rounds on the feet again, like he lands big shots and does damage to Khabib, and it's kind of back and forth, and it's legendary, and it's one of the best fights maybe we're going to see all year. Yeah, yeah. And that that is... I find that to be compelling because I do think like at a certain level, like when you have these two anomalies, these two human beings that are just virtuosos at each in their element, they, it's almost like they have the same amount of energy. It's like a level yeah, 10 yeah. Pokemon versus a level 10 Pokemon or something. Yeah. And like, even though they have very different skill sets Le- and one level has, 10's not, not very high they, uh, in the Pokemon 99, world. 99, <laughs> 88, whatever, fucking. <laughs> got a couple of Weedles going against we each other. Of, we got a couple of pigeon, Pidgeot or <laughs> Pidgeys going at each other, but all right, bad, bad, bad number to pick there, but it's tough to say. I it's really tough to say. Pokemon knowledge. Yeah, man, I only know that first like 12 suck of the Pokemon knowledge, but I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I think the Chad Mendes fight was very revealing to like how Connor can handle someone who's mm. very experienced at grappling. Connor's going to have the speed advantage, the timing advantage. I think Connor gets it done. I want to say he gets it done early. He just fucks him up on the outside. But I think Habib, there's so much riding on this. He's he's such an experienced athlete. He's they're both probably coming in as the best versions of themselves that we've ever seen. It's not going to be easy to take either one of them out. I think it's probably going to be a little bit back and forth. But I think Connor, with his experience. With facing someone like a Floyd Mayweather, who, you know, they say iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. So like, training with who's who's your favorite all time? Like training with Ilabaka, right? Yeah. If you just oh, train with sure. Ilabaka, you get a view into his mindset. You get a view into like how he looks at the world, that is different than the way you're looking at it, and it could enhance your abilities just by just being around him, right? And and the simple fact of finding out what is possible, mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. know you can exactly. you can kind of see what 
humans are capable of and when they're the best of the best. And then that's combined, I think, which is less relevant to the parkour world, is for Conor McGregor doing it against Mayweather, is seeing that with the grand scale that was one mm. of the biggest events yeah. you know, in a decade. Yeah. Uh, and so coming from that where you know, you're in someone else's ring uh, versing the best in a sport that isn't even your sport at the highest level of pressure, mm-hmm. man, this is, yeah, I imagine he's going to come in a lot fitter for that mindset than yeah. uh, I mean, Khabib. Oh, man. I think Connor knocks him out in the maybe – I don't know, dude. Second, third round. Like, Ooh, uh, what the fuck cool. is my, is my, like, my, my, my opinion really doesn't matter. But here's what I think is I think Connor does some body work. He kick, he, he works on the body. He does some kicks to the gut. He does this really good stabbing front kick to the gut. He fucks up your butt, your ribs and stuff with spinning kicks. And mm. he's got a lot of kicks in his arsenal. The kicks are dangerous because it's, it's easy for Khabib to get a hold of your leg and take you yeah, down when you're yeah, kicking. Yeah. But ultimately, Connor's got such a better timing and distance. Like anytime it goes to starting on the feet, he's going to be able to land some shots before Khabib can get in. Yeah. And we've seen Khabib stuffed on takedowns before by people that I think are maybe less talented than, than Connor at scrambling and getting away from shit. <clears throat> I think it, it could be one sided in some ways because Connor does have all this extra experience. And we've never seen Khabib under the bright lights. He doesn't seem to be phased by any of it. He seems like he's just a, the, the true disciplinarian. Like he just does what it fucking takes. Mm. And he's, he's holding the country of Russia on his back and Dagestan on his back. He's got a lot of support. He's got a great team. He's got DC, who's the heavyweight and light heavyweight champion, another two-weight champion Someone on his team. Someone told me he wrestled a bear when he was younger. He did wrestle a bear. Grizzly bears when he was younger. It's a low-key dream it's, of mine. It's a legendary legacy fight. Um, I can't say anything like for certain, obviously, but that's why it's so intriguing. Like mm. My heart... You know, I've been so wrong about this stuff, but like my heart wants Connor to win. I think he's going to save fighting. Here's what I, here's, okay, sorry, dude. I'm just like, I'm taking over all the (laughs) airtime right now. You're supposed to be the guest. I want to hear from you. I got a a few questions about some stuff soon. Just let me rant on this because I did have a rant in mind last night. I've never seen this passion in Brandon's eyes. I've got passion, baby. So here's what I think. I'm a little bit worried he's going to start asking me to act out UFC pretty soon. I think that Connor is going to save fucking MMA on Saturday night. And here's what I mean by that. The only way that Khabib can win, the only way, is by grappling and yanking, like diving for for Connor's feet from the outside and trying to like grab his feet or like take him against the fence and push him down and control him and submit him. And this is a very valid form of fighting. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the crux of most fighting is to have good grappling because you control where the fight goes. Yeah. But... And if you suck at grappling, you're just going to get destroyed. You're just going to get destroyed. But striking is what the people want to see. Yeah. They want to see knockouts. They want to see people fighting. They want to see people throwing bows, hands, kicks, knees, whatever it is, on their feet. I don't want to see aggressive hugging. They want to see the action. I want to see someone get knocked out. And, and Connor's, Connor, Connor's no stitch on the fucking ground either. Like he's, He trains with some of the best and the best. You might see a fucking sneak attack, choke, or joint manipulation. Ooh. And it's, it's unlikely, but... Dude, you just never know. Connor is yeah. really good on the ground with his jujitsu. His wrestling's not that great, but his jujitsu is one of the best still. Um, but anyhow, here's what I'm saying is Connor's gonna save fighting because God damn it, dude. Like if that if that becomes the norm, like it's gonna be an era where now, all right, now you're gonna be seeing more wrestling and more stuff come out, and that's not gonna be good for fighting. No. What people wanna see is the knockouts, they wanna see the strikers, they wanna see the showboating, and that's what Connor's given to us, and that's where the yeah. game has changed, and that's how 
Connor's legacy is going to be. And I think through this fight, he's going to show us that like, you can still fight like the, uh, the way that we all want to see yeah, and, and win. Yeah. Because like wrestling is kind of more of a safer bet and it's the way that like maybe you can grind someone out, but like the, the talent and the, the, the fearlessness and like kind of the, she taking like it's more heroic to fucking throw throw strikes. Yeah, in my it's, it's easy in to way. sort of label someone with a, a bit more of a hero mm-hmm. label if if they're doing things that are spectacular, if they're showmen. And this is something that I, I you can kind of see and that did come through more with the Mayweather fight. Maybe this was just because I didn't really follow McGregor until then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, since then you've been seeing him really pull the showmanship. Every time there's a camera on him, he's being an entertainer. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, it's an important part of things that run off viewership like UFC, uh, which again, I don't know a whole lot about UFC, but it definitely lives and breathes from how many people are watching it. And if it becomes just, you know, a, a grappling fest, that's not particularly super interesting to watch, yeah. then that will probably affect well, it. Well, and, and if you get into fighting, the grappling is interesting. And like truly what needs to be said is like, everyone should understand just like, just like with parkour, we don't want to have to be forced onto rooftops, death, death, death drops for us to feel like our sport's interesting. You know, if, if we can all appreciate the technique and like the ins and outs and all the little subtleties, but ultimately the spectacle is part of it. And, and I think that like, while, while it's as important for people to understand the grappling and how that is an interesting fight and how it all plays in. That's in, that's huge because not everyone can be as into it as I can, or I am. Mm. But no, you've but got god a, damn you've it, got dude! Like I just don't want to live. I want right I want now. Connor. What? Nothing. Sorry, I just made another dick joke. Nice, nice. Sorry, everyone. I just think that Connor's gonna do it, man. I love I love this fight, and uh, dude, it's it's it, it, there's just too much to say about it. It's just go go listen to somebody smart about it. Somebody who knows more than I do. Go just look at MMAfighting.com or look at the Mac Life. Look at the press interviews. Look at some of the analysis coming out on YouTube. There's lots of people that are, have intelligent things to say about it. The Inside the Octagon on the UFC was a really good um, little piece that kind of breaks down each each athlete's uh, skill set and what they're what they're working with. And it's such an unknown, dude. But I think Connor's just gonna fuck him up ultimately. I mm. think Connor's gonna knock him out and. I think it's going to be his his experience, his veteranship, having the losses, having faced harder opponents that that was the difference for him, and being under being used to being under the bright lights. Yeah. Hey, Brad, do you reckon you could just live stream to me or to the world <laughs> you watching this film? Because you just you just sound so excited. Dude, I'm fucking. And hyped. I would I would love I'd love to at least be there virtually. Dude, if see, I could do a fight companion as, one day, I as will. You're watching they watching do, UFC. Like, Joe Rogan and his friends actually do fight companions for the cards that he's not calling himself. Oh right. Like sometimes Joe doesn't call the events. Like he usually yeah, is yeah. the UFC color commentator, but sometimes he'll just have people over and do podcasts. And I'm gonna do a commentary. I think I'm gonna do a air whip challenge this year. Me and Dante as are going to sit down and watch it. As and just commentary. Like, and, and yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And live stream just like a what we call it as a companion episode. So we'll just right. like watch it. And you can play it in unison with the live stream. And yeah, yeah. Have some oh, fun if fun. you want. So, yeah, that'll be in the future. Hopefully we can do that. I'm glad that you're in, on board with that. Yeah, that sounds but great. For fuck's sake, let me at least get the people <laughs> to know you a little bit. Because after all that, I want to ask you something. Because you do some wild shit, dude. I was scrolling through your Instagram and you do some wild ropes, abseiling, like swinging off of 
high lines and crazy shit, man. And like, you know, not to mention your parkour skills, which are also impressive, but I'm just, I wanted to just pick your brain about that because I've never met anyone who really does that. Mm. It seems like it's really dangerous activity, but it also just seems incredibly fun. And like, I don't know how you even get into something like that. What is going on here? Yeah. Uh, well, I should probably start by saying that I, while I'm decent at rigging and rope swings and stuff like that, most of it was a piggyback of other people. Okay, uh, okay. And if any of my rigging friends listen to me kind of talk about it, they're going to be like, pfft, look at this wanker. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, but compared to the layman um, and especially the average person who does parkour, I'm, I'm pretty across like the rigging and the swings and the high yeah. lines. Um, which is, yeah, it's super fun. It's definitely something that I went from like uh, having heaps of passion for parkour and then went out on a couple of high lines. Uh, my friend Antec, who is an old school Australian parkour dude, um, he took me out and he's really, really across it and taught me everything I knew or know currently. Hopefully mm. I haven't forgotten it. <laughs> uh, and he he sort of showed me and I was like, oh man, this it was just so much more fun. For, for me, it's like... By jumping off cliffs, you're just one step closer to flying, yeah. <laughs> which I think a lot of parkour people can appreciate is like, you know, for me, low-key the end goal. I'd, yeah, like, yeah. I'd like to have that superhero feeling. I really want to feeling. like mix base jumping and parkour as like a hybrid sport one day. Yeah. Well, we don't think that the uh, I haven't and Antec and I haven't <laughs> been thinking in depth about how we can combine free running and uh, and rigging yeah. because yeah it's kind of like you just get a little bit of a superpower yes uh, which is really really cool um, but it's interesting you should say th- that because Colorado is actually the only place where I've found rigging and parkour mix at all mm. uh, and there's actually a couple of dudes in Colorado who are old free runners and are now really into highlining and rigging Chris Stevenson. One of them guys, yeah, yeah, and then and his homies, I know. Peter, someone, Peter Chastain, yeah, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. So I those have guys, them on the podcast. I think yeah. you guys are all going to Moab this week, right? That that's the plan. That's the hope. I'm fucking uh, jealous, man. Which yeah, if you're around, oh, you got to watch the fight. I'm gonna watch the fight. Yeah, night, oh, so dear. I guess I missed well, out. My passions are getting in the way now. Yeah, oh dear. Well, what happens when you become a fan of a mainstream activity or sport? But hey, takes up your weekends. Takes up your weekend once in a while. Um, but yeah, uh, it's 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 really cool. I would root. Thoroughly recommend anyone who gets a chance to go out onto high lines, which for anyone who doesn't know is a slack line uh, that you set up between two cliffs um, and you rope your harnessed in. So if you fall, it's super safe, uh, but it's just straight terrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what's really interesting about it, and one of the things that I think really got me uh, hooked on it is I've never found anything that is so isolated mental training. Mm. Like the actual physical danger is way lower than parkour jumps. Mm-hmm. But the what your mind is telling you, because, mm-hmm. of course, you're just on a slack line and, you know, they're, let's be honest, they're just wobbly pieces of spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, they're really – there's not much to them. Um, it's just so, nylon. It's just it's just a right? thin piece of wobbly nylon uh, <laughs> and you know, polyester, depending on what mm-hmm. type of webbing you've got. Um, and it's – you're out there, you're kind of sitting on this wobbly thing, it's really, really windy, and you're just staring down at, at an no two questions about it, it's a death drop. Like yeah. you're not gonna be like, Well, if I land in the right no, you're gonna no, die. You're dead. <laughs> you're dead. Uh, and you have to tell yourself to stand up. Um, mm. and that's that for me is it I just can't think of any other situation where you can face what really feels like a physical barrier mm. to trying to get you to 
not do exactly what you want to do, even though logically it's far safer than a roof gap. Yeah. It's far safer than most parkour jumps, in yeah. fact. Um, so in that way, I, I got a lot of benefit from it because I was able to really face those fears and really see those mental blocks that honestly you'd have to do a roof gap that is genuinely on the edge of your ability mm. to get that level of fear that wow. I had. Damn. Uh, and of course it doing a roof gap that's genuinely on the level of your ability, really dangerous. Not a great idea for most of us. No, not a great idea. <laughs> uh, so for me, it was really just an incredible mental game mm. because that's all it was like physically. It's not actually that difficult. Uh, danger, danger wise, it's not very dangerous. Um, but mental, I feel like that's insane. that's super key. I think that's like oddly what draws because parkour is so physical. We all kind of assume that it's uh, that's what draws people in. They want to keep playing. They like jumping around and blah blah blah. But so many of the people I meet in the in the discipline, and maybe it's just like with everything. Mm. But I feel like what drew me in, what kept me in, what kept me interested, what kept me moving was all the mental aspects and like climbing and and it's kind of the same thing. Like these people get drawn in by the mental challenge because the physical challenges become sort of like identifiable after a while. You're like, all right, I know like how strong I'd have to get to do X, mm. but facing your fear is like such a more growth inspiring event, I think, than, than, than overcoming some kind of like physical challenge. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it takes like really similar amounts of training I yeah. find as well. Like it, and the reason I bring up the highlining example is because I would apps before I jumped on a highline. If you said to me, "Hey Max, uh, I'm going to suspend you really, really high up, but don't worry, there's zero chance you're going to hurt yourself. I promise you, zero chance." Uh, and I, do you think you'd get scared? And do you think you'd be able to do something scary if you knew that there was zero percent chance of failure of, of of hurting yourself? I'd be like, "Yeah." Yeah, Easy money, yeah, I, man. For, my, my intuition is like, I'll fucking front flip yeah. off a crane and swing out, bitch. Bitch ass, man. I grew up in the Bruh. concrete. Have you seen these nuts, dog? Uh, I'll fucking swing and low tonight. Bra, 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 bra. You de- I was born at height, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, and then I got yeah, up there. I, absolutely, I jumped out of my... I fucking swung off the umbilical cord like, <laughs> underneath the, the table. Yeah. One son. hand off a crane, no issue, man. Yeah. And then... And so that was me. That was, that was like... I was like, no problem. And then I got out there... Uh, and kind of like sitting in the in the line, not too bad, kind of dropping into my harness, fine, didn't really bother me. I was pretty happy to trust the gear. But then when you're actually on the line uh, and it's just moving and you the, the gear doesn't help you at all because it's just a slack it's, piece of rope. Yeah. So it feels like you're not attached to anything. Feels like you're very free. Because I was wondering, like, where does the fear come from? It's not it's not from the gear. You, you, you have confidence in the gear. You have confidence in the people who rigged it up. Yeah, correct. So you, you've like... Uh, without going too much into it, it's it's all backed up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like significantly safer than outdoor rock climbing if you just go by the gear because yeah. nothing in outdoor rock climbing is backed up. Yeah. Whereas Highline, everything is backed up. Okay. Uh, so, so there's two Highlines essentially. So there's, there's two Highlines and they're, they're literally sticky taped together. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but when you're, when you're actually there and you have to tell your leg, okay, because the movement is you get into a crouched position and then you stand. Uh, and going from that crouched position, which is a pretty balanced, to actually standing for the first time, I don't know what it was, but I definitely was just physically couldn't get my leg to straighten. Um, <laughs> and where that, like, where that fear came from, I mean, obviously the fear came from the fact that there's just a piece of spaghetti between you and a death drop. Yeah, yeah. So, I like... <laughs> You know, it's, maybe it's, linguini. 
give yeah, it a little yeah, bit yeah. of like yeah wit it's definitely el it. dante yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about that like you know no it's not it's not too soggy uh but the yeah that that sort of feeling of being so exposed like more exposed than i'd ever felt in parkour mm. because there's always something solid to hold on to unless you're jumping in which case it's really quick yes uh and yeah i just like there's been few times in my life where I experienced that, like I want my leg to straighten. Mm. I just physically can't get it to. Mm. Um, and that for me was a really, really awesome thing to be able to work with, go away, practice, get really confident with the movement at a lower height, uh, the same way you do with yeah, roof with gaps in parkour. Anything, yeah. um, and then slowly fight that mental barrier and move back up to the high line and now, and now I can do it and I can, I can walk with some level of confidence still obviously <laughs> shooting my pants. Yeah. Um, every time you fall, I'm sure it's just terrifying. Oh, it's awful because while it's not that far, you are very uncontrolled. So like the safest way to do it is to fall head first into a front flip mm. so that you just kind of fall nicely into your harness okay. and going like straight down. Like you would, if you were dismounting off a rail, you're more likely to get tangled in yeah. something and then untangled and just spin. Uh, so it's it's pretty like it's a pretty violent process. It doesn't hurt, but it's pretty violent. Um, I saw some of your jumps where you like did double front flip to like, like then the rope kind of catches and you go yeah, swing yeah, underneath yeah, some yeah, bridge yeah, yeah. or some shit. I was yeah. like, well, that looks absolutely horrifying, but also a, like a lot of fun. Yeah, which is what like something that I've, I've after a, a couple of years of of just doing it pretty casually, and now that I've got all my own gear and I'm, I'm able to do it whenever I like. Uh, is getting more confidence and kind of learning it's a different element because when I first started, it was kind of like cliff diving. Like you could, you could, you know, just do a big fat gainer, yeah. stall it. Okay. Um, but what I realized is unlike cliff diving, it doesn't really matter exactly how you land. Uh -huh. So you can kind of get caught by the rope at any point. Yeah. Like there's definitely positions you don't want to be in. Um, and it, it just sort of learning to play with that. So like, really trying to enjoy that like big front flip mm. open up and just going head first towards a definite <laughs> death drop uh, and not having to worry about, you know, landing in a dive position or feet first. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. Really freeing. Um, a bit of an open invite. If anyone wants to hit me up and go rope swinging, I love taking new people on it. So I want to do it today. Is there any today, way we can get it done? <laughs> uh, we can do some Googling. I mean, Colorado, if there's anywhere that you can get it done, it's Colorado. Right, uh, there's rumors that we're going to set up the Moab Rope swing, the oh, one that yeah. Super Tramp. Yes. So Devin Super Tramp did. God, um, I can't believe I'm going to miss it. Yeah, but he's going to miss it because he's a bit of a wet blanket. Ah, fuck. Well, maybe if you guys had it invited me before, he was already set in stone. Mm. We it's definitely all good. We all we only just met. Yeah, I, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Takes time. I'll go next it. time. I mean, I definitely do want to do this. It seems like you said. I think that, like you said, the freeing aspect of just. Having to completely embrace this idea of I'm going head first towards a death drop is a different level of, of freedom than, and it, it's definitely a different look to to fear than than cliff diving, than parkour jumping, mm. where you're like ultimately concerned with your posture in some way, shape, or form that is keeping you you know safe or whatever, and just yeah. having a different embrace to it's, it. It's actually it's pretty interesting because as as I said, and this kind of comes down to the mental aspect is danger wise if you've all rigged it up correctly and everyone knows what they're doing uh it's 
it's actually safer than cliff diving. Like yeah. I, oh, I yeah. think th- I think the Instagram clip you mentioned, if I had landed the way that the rope engaged. <laughs> cliff diving is fucking dangerous I as shit. I would be dead if At I'd landed feet, like that. you can break ribs, I feel like. Yeah, cliff yeah. Diving I, I, would is have, not... I would have landed neck first oh, yeah. if that was water. Um, whereas in rope swings, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, mm. And the, the biggest one I'd, I'd done, um, I just jumped off like a cliff dive. And in the end, the actual the wind resistance of the rope flipped me upside down. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was just like plummeting again <laughs> neck first because I was looking at my feet. Um, and that was fine, whereas that doesn't really work in cliff diving. Yeah. But at the same time, mentally, you know, you have to completely accept that you're about to launch full faith yeah. off a, like, use American 600 feet cliff. Yeah, bro. Like, you know, this, <laughs> you're 100% trusting that everything is going to work out how you want. And it, it will if you've done it correctly. Um, but that doesn't stop the fact that, you know, like something in your head is saying, what the fuck are well, you doing? Everything You're committing in your head, suicide. Everything in your head is saying everything that's, is like, that's a 200 meter cliff. <laughs> like if you run towards that, you're going to certainly die. And like one of the things that I think doesn't really translate to video is how not, uh, reassuring a harness is and a limp rope. Like you're mm-hmm. literally just holding a harness that just feels like shorts and a, and a bit of a bit of flicky rope in your hand. Jesus. And you're like, okay, now suicide ledge, let's yeah. go. Um, which is really safe and really yeah. like actually much safer than pushing your limit and cliff diving for yeah. sure. Oh I'd, my God. Uh, and it's, cliff diving is one of the things I got into because of the mental aspect again, but this is definitely a different... It's it's a whole different whole different ball game, um, and I would again like I don't I'm so much more impressed by someone sending a twenty meter gainer than a big rope swing because once you've jumped you're kind of off the clock right yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's not much you can do to fuck it up from there, <laughs> um, which is not at all true with cliff diving not at all true with parkour yeah uh, but it's still incredibly scary it's it mm. still takes an like a horrendous mental toll. Um, yeah, that is some wild shit. You know yeah. what's interesting is, have you done any skydiving? Yeah, I have. I find that skydiving, the jump is not that terrifying because you can't even process the height. So it's actually not almost, it's almost non-computing you're in, a in your brain. world, for sure. So mm-hmm. like when you're looking down at 10,000 feet, you're just like, all right. And I, I, I didn't find that jump scary, but I can see how a 600 foot drop or just something that's more identifiable. It's more like human scaled. Yeah. Is and more terrifying actually to face. It, I don't know if that's your experience. That was definitely my experience. Uh, and and also when you were the one who set it up, <laughs> when, yeah, you were yeah. the, when you were the one who tied the knots uh, or your mates mm. um, and, you know, it's your gear and, you know, you everything's running through your head. You're like, oh, I remember when my room flooded and this rope got a little wet. Oh, my God. Hope that's, uh, hope that's not going to, you know, play a or, role or, here. Or, or I remember when I forgot my car keys the other day. Did I? Like, yeah, can, yeah, can yeah. I be trusted with this yeah, kind of decision? Exactly, period. Exactly. Like, full there's, stop. You know, there's like three or four bits that if you fucked up even a little bit could potentially have catastrophic consequences and this is all going through your mind the same way with like any parkour jumps at height right like you could go okay yeah i've i've done this rail precision a hundred times on the ground but you know i could hypothetically fuck this one Mm -hmm. um it's the same thing like it's not a particularly rational fear uh but boy is the fear still there yeah uh so i would would recommend it if 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 you do have it a chance to get out on some suspended ropes uh definitely changed my life for the better which was cool 
Right on. And just in what way? Just like being able to confront that fear. Yeah. Just, well, like, just how is that like extrapolated? Of, of yeah, yeah. What, fear, can you explain really? like or give an example of like how it's brought something new to your everyday life or or just another part of your life? Yeah. I, I mean I can't like I don't want to go too wishy washy yeah, in that yeah, whole like, sure. oh I faced all my fears and now I just I just nothing scares me in the real world. Because that's obviously not true. Talking to a pretty girl is still far more scary <laughs> than jumping off a two hundred meter cliff for me. Yeah. Uh but it was a really good way of kind of recognizing what is a mental fear and what is a physical fear. And mm. I can now to a much better extent than I could just physically force myself through fear. Mm. Now, one thing I will kind of try to clarify here is there's a difference between being able to force your legs to walk and being useful at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, like in the same, I could force myself to do a roof gap, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that, that fear is not going to overcome me yeah. and it's going to make that a really dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Or it takes like, a you different know, skill set. I'm suddenly... Gandhi level yeah. calm in all situations because that's yeah, yeah. not true at all. Yeah, but yeah. I could still, I, I definitely find that I can, I can f- draw a pretty direct correlation well, think, between being very, very scared and being able to force myself to do something. That's interesting. I think that's like that's really the value. Like every every sport has its own look, right? At at how you can deal with fear, and like I think that's probably what you're saying is like it draws this really perfect line for you. That's like. You don't even have to be useful. You just have to overcome the fear. Exactly. So like, exactly. that's like a super useful identification. Like you said, it can like really split this thing for you, which I think um, that sounds super awesome, man. I definitely want to try it out. Yeah. Well, uh, here's my plug every time I hang out with people. Um, <laughs> come to Australia, specifically Canberra, Australia, the coolest of the Australian cities. Ooh, Tell your friends. Oh, uh, and I'll, I'll definitely... We can rig something. I could throw you off cliffs, man. I would no love problem. to be thrown off a cliff. It's literally in safe enough that I could physically push you off. Do it. Well, so, I'll, I'll go willingly, but if you want to just yeah. sneak attack, I will. Just well, Conor McGregor, bam, bam, off the cliff. That's probably not. That's probably frowned upon in the community. <laughs> I'm sure that's not really what you want to do. Some guys just like let me just of, unhook real quick to, uh, and then just shoves yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, no. You literally murder your friend. Yeah, um, that's that's always. That's not a good. That's yeah. not good. You you have to live with that. Yeah, like using language incorrectly. Don't murder your friends. Don't move your. Yeah, exactly. Way to bring it full circle. Yeah, oh, um, I enjoy that. You know. Yeah. This has been awesome, man. It's been great having you on. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to like shout out Al's gang. You're obviously repping right now. Um, you guys just put out, what was it? You, does your mom knew you do this? Yeah. And I think it was one of the best videos of the year. And uh, I don't know if Thanks, you heard man. me, but I mentioned it on my on one of the episodes. I just gave you guys a quick oh, no, shout out. I, I missed that it was, one. It was whatever, weeks ago, whenever it came out probably. Um, Cheers. So let me just reiterate that again. It was, it was one of the most original and like innovative and just forward pushing like videos that I've seen since fucking who knows when. So like, yeah, just cheers. congratulations <laughs> on that. I really appreciate what you guys do. Uh, can you give us a little bit like of a history of maybe not just on that project, but Al's gang in general, like I really don't know that much. Obviously we've had Tim champion on before. Yep. Another member, big chillin, big chillin. Champion. Which I hear this is, this is the place that big chillin came to be born. You know, big chillin is, this is the, this is the birthplace of big chillin. Yeah. This yeah. is the birthplace of Big Chillin', but also the birthplace of Big Chillin' for me, I think fully, was back in 2016 at Woodward. Dante and I were Big Chillin' at Woodward. Ooh. And I think that was the first time we started using the phrase, and it's since made a resurgence. Yeah, I remember it looked itself to Tim Champion. What? And it and the word and is like, attached himself, and, it, and now Tim Champion is the embodiment of the phrase Big Chillin'. Mm, mm. 
But yeah, yeah please. Uh, yeah. Tell uh, us about Owl's Gang real quick. And, and of course that video and how that project came out because yeah, really loved it. So Owl, Owl's Gang, for those who don't follow, because we, we don't have that big of a following online, um, is just an Australian group uh, that has been training for quite a while. I think we've, we've been around, I've been training for over 10 years. And I think at least depending on which member you pick, the majority of us have been training for about that long. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, just like we, like, yeah, it's not at all an original story. It's just a group of friends in Australia who um, got into parkour together or like started making videos together. Uh, and one of the things that we, we don't really, we don't really love the like uh, way that free running online and getting, and getting following is going. Like I don't, we're not a huge fan of the sort of doing gags to get more followers because muggles, they like, they like a Superman outfit. Let's be oh, honest. Oh man, that's rough, man. I fucking can't stand it either. Do yeah. you, but also, uh, yeah, I'm on the same boat, dude. I'm just like, God damn it, dude, can we please, like, let's have our own culture. That's, again, why I loved your video, because it's like, this is real. This is you guys being yourselves. You're not trying to do anything. Yeah. When I think well, one of the things about the product, I should also say that uh, I was not actually in that video, nor did I have almost anything to do with it, uh, because I was working um, working a, a real-world job at the time, and I couldn't take the time off, and it was in Adelaide, which is a very long distance from, mm. from my house. Uh, but... I'm still going to take a lot of the credit for it because I'm that sort of guy. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, one of the things that the project was a was really, uh, I guess, embodied without sounding like it wasn't planned at all. But we were just quite sick of not being able to do roof gaps because Australia's just got tin roofs everywhere. <laughs> uh, and then eventually. Particularly Justin Louie, Justin fucking Louie on Instagram. Shout Justin out. fucking Louie. Um, he he was just like, you know what, fuck this. Let's uh, let's just send the roof gaps onto the tin roof anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's awful. Like if you guys, I'm sure a lot of people have been That's on tin roof. That's what I'm roof, saying, dude. They're fucking shit to land on. They're fucking horrible. They're dusty and they wrinkle and they're they like sound terrible. Uh, they're frightening they're in They're not nice way. to land on or take off. And that's kind of what we had to play with in Australia. So we were like, you know what, fuck this. Um, instead of instead of doing a bit more of the things that gets uh, gets views or just the fact that we don't have the the roof gaps that we'd like to have, we'll just fucking do it anyway. We'll get a VHS and we'll film it like an old school skate video. Um, and we did, and we were yeah, we were pretty stoked with how it went. And, and a lot of people were really like, I think the point of the video did actually get across, and a lot of people have sort of said that they really enjoyed that vibe. Uh, and especially a lot of the jumps, um, they're original that- because, because you embraced, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, I love that. It's like people like, Oh, like, Oh, I gotta go find bricks. Like I hate, that's one of the things that pisses me off if I'm going to go on a rant, mm. which I'm not, but is when people are like, I mean, obviously there are places that have more obvious and available things, but like to take your environment and actually use it. It's like, we've never seen tin roof gap jumps before. Yeah. Now we have because yeah. of you guys in that video. And like, that's awesome. Maybe not never, but we've, we've never seen so many and so diverse. Yeah. And I so- guess it was one of the, f- like the guys went out with the full intention of doing tin roof gaps and making a video around that. Mm. Um, and in that sort of like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck <laughs> like all the way that the sort of more, clickbaity stuff is going yeah. let's 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 try and be a, a bit more real and just jump to a tin roof yeah. let's just roll on some corrugated iron <laughs> let's just let's just do it and i know tim as well sent some fucking disgusting 
disgusting stuff that that didn't really translate it's, too th- well. That's the thing is like none of that stuff ever does. You can tell like it takes a true practitioner's eye. Like we're saying with the Connor Khabib stuff or whatever. It's yeah, just like yeah. you kind of really have to know and understand movement to understand how gnarly those challenges were. Yeah, and like that's the, that. But but like yeah. God bless you for doing it for you guys for doing <laughs> it anyways because. You know, again, if you go, if you want to find the jump that's just going to be interpretable by muggles or whatever, <clears throat> that's great too. But it's yeah. not always like available. And like, I don't know. I just loved it, man. Yeah. Cheers. And yeah, I think no, that I'm... concept is really good. Like, I think it's important to have sometimes a little bit of a concept. Again, like you shouldn't be like necessarily trying to appease the masses, but if you have an idea, it's going to help make the project more cohesive in general. Yeah. It's and gonna... it's, especially, I think one of the th- was just how on board everyone was for it. Like, you know, we haven't released much in a while and that's a lot of that's because it's like if Sam was like, hey, Max, come down to Melbourne, which is pretty far. We're just going to do a a regular training video and try and make some some good content. I'd be like, probably not worth the (laughs) 700-kilometer journey that that's going to take me. Um, So, But, you know, if if it's something a bit more driven and that's a, a bit more... Uh, something that you know you feel is worth creating, like hey, we're just gonna send some fucking shit onto some filthy rooftops, make it skate. No one's gonna be able to really understand how gross those challenges were because the quality of the footage is terrible and it's at night. <laughs> yes. Um. But hey, let's just do it anyway. And then I, I, that's like that's the sort of project I could get behind. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, I think it's a it's a beautiful little piece of culture in the for our for our community that you know. Like in my mind is just like another like it's on my timeline of like really interesting videos that have come out over the last like, you know, 20 years. Thanks, man. And like, you know, I think like when you do something like that, again, like it's you have to like say fuck you to all this bullshit that's coming your way. But ultimately, it's way more impactful. Like that's the kind of stuff that can actually seed uh, a movement in the community or like change the game in a way. You know, you have to like fight that uphill battle. You have to fucking Bring back the filth, I say. Bring back that filth, baby. Bring, bring back that. I, love, I don't really I want to jump to that. What was that opening scene about? That was hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, the, the short answer is there's a couple of Adelaide dudes who are uh, super hilarious, super Australian accents, big blokey dudes, uh, and we just essentially wanted someone to sound like a tradie or a tradesman, I believe you guys call them, <laughs> to just sort of just introduce how bullshit the corrugated iron i'm gonna call it an epidemic yeah in yeah. uh in australia is uh and so again it was just one of those things that we found funny so we we chucked it in there and we didn't like i think other people kind of got it a lot of people didn't uh, uh, and yeah. like that's great yeah yeah whatever man you guys are doing your damn thing i appreciate it i like i like originality over or self-expression true self-expression over anything i feel like so i know Keep it real out there, Let me there, just folks. jerk you guys off one more yeah, time. No, that was you great. Guys I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, truly dope. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Owl's Gang, you need to check them out. You need to check them out. They they are one of my favorite goddamn things happening in this world right now. Uh, I think, yeah, he's maybe over oversold Owl's Gang. <laughs> Owl's Gang uh, is the best thing that you'll ever <laughs> see. It's definitely no Stora. It's definitely no any I mean, Stora does big that game. too, and that's why Stora is so big and well, like yeah. why they got to the level they did. They they have done that the whole way as well. And like, they've had an organic growth and they are themselves and like, they've been doing it for so long and they do it so well. And they have, you know, stories. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they aren't, I'm just saying you guys are c- crushing it too. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and they're in London. There's different resources. That's like in Australia, <laughs> it's not necessarily as available and there's not as many people, as many eyes 
giving you know their attention to parkour or, yeah but you know whatever Wait, actually just quickly i uh another little anecdote on the shit rooftops in australia that kind of was a seed for that project was long before to- we'd, we'd met toby uh we i think we'd like someone either sam or i messaged him it was just like yeah how sick video got onto rooftops and he's like oh man you know like you you've got rooftops you just need to go out and explore for them mm-hmm. and we were like man you just don't understand <laughs> like i fully under I fully get that if you just explore for it you'll find the rooftops but it's just the level of rooftop game in in england Dude, compared I, to i i think it's like it's insane Oh yeah, well, yeah, and it's. But here's the thing: is like, like when you said, when you embrace it, I think it's way cooler. Personally, yeah. it's like, I want to jump to fucking street traffic lights. I want to jump yeah. from like suburban shopping malls to like the little signs that are like out in front of them. Yeah, and yeah. like I want to jump from like Chase Bank to fucking Albertsons or some bullshit. Like I yeah. think it's fucking cool to embrace the environment around you and stop looking for. Where's the spot that looks like London in my house, in my neighborhood? Yeah. Like, embrace what's around you a little bit. Obviously, if you live in the fucking middle of nowhere, there's, if you live in a Nebraska, for example, you're no going to you're gonna struggle a little Nebraska. bit, maybe. No, no offense to Nebraskans, but if you live in a cornfield, there's probably not any <laughs> roof gaps. So, yeah, if you, if, if you fucking want to do roof gaps, okay, you're going to have to go somewhere else. But ultimately, it's more whatever. What am I saying? You know, if you want to do whatever you want to do, do whatever the fuck you want to do. But I think it's awesome when people really embrace their environments. And I think that terrain is one of the places that we still have so many, so many areas to expand mm. upon. Like we're so, we're a lot of us are still so focused on like the brick and the the, the rough concrete or whatever yeah, it is that like angles, we're not, yeah, we're not exploring. And, and you know, Pasha was a great example. Of this like his resurgence. So part of his resurgence was exploring this drop to dirt mound yeah which has been around but like he really pushed it again for a little while and it's like take your take your movement to a different environment take your movement to an environment that no one's ever taken it to like or try or i don't know i think that's like one of the ways that you can really innovate and i think that's um especially if you're feeling stagnant or if you're feeling like th- there's nothing around you yeah. Take, take a word from Toby. Just like go explore or find something. Yeah, it took us like six years to work that out, but we <laughs> we, we got there. Uh, and I think, as well as something I would I would absolutely just love to see the sport do is if everyone really started to explore their own areas, take advantage of what they've got, even if it isn't as clickbaity. Uh, and that can kind of, as you said, it kind of it feeds new cultures. It feeds yeah. new ways of movement. You'll stand out more too if you're not trying to be store. My the store already exists. Hands down, favorite video ever was uh, growing up with parkour by Martin Riedel mm. because it was like the first time. I haven't time. even seen this. I'll have to yeah, check it's, out. it's it. It went pretty like a fair few people saw it, but it certainly yeah, yeah. was was no long hair big chief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I loved about that video, um, and what I love about the German movement is, it was like the first time I really appreciated that you could do some sick stuff to non-conventional obstacles. And like oh, yeah. the middle rail on rails. This middle was the time rail, before. Yeah, yeah. That was always that like, was I hate you, middle rail. Get out of my way. <laughs> yes. And now now middle rail is like one of my favorite obstacles People to play with. it up and down and turning around on it. Exactly. Like, and Nate that, Weston did a fucking full off of the middle rail. He did a full off the middle rail. <laughs> I did a flip off the middle rail the other day and I like almost ate shit. And that was just like a safety side vault. Side flip. And uh, Nate just, just went ahead and did a, did a, a back three. Yeah. It, it's, which was... 
super awesome to see that like yeah. you know and that for me was a time of being exposed to being like oh yeah man like half of my city is rails and half of the rails is middle rail and i've never deliberately jumped to it in my life um and so i hopefully that's like i would love to see more of that and and less of a more conforming oh man try to avoid using the word conforming but i did mm. uh into i guess not, not so much the gym culture but just the sort of Free running is flips and easy, safe gaps. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you 100, percent man. Uh, we we don't have enough time to pay attention to it all. So, what I'd like to see more of is is things I haven't seen before. Yeah, you know. Um, so I really appreciate it when I see stuff like that I haven't seen, and I felt like I really hadn't seen a video like that. And there was mad height drops in it. So I've, I I have it as a front runner. I don't I don't actually have these to set out, but if I give out height drop. A height drop, like a, a, a the height drop award for the most height dropped. I'm gonna give it to that video. <laughs> oh, that's big. I think. Thanks, um, man. But anyhow, well, I might have to give one to Dom Tomato too because he's dropped in too much fucking height for that anybody. That man has definitely fallen, probably <laughs> accumulatively, the most of yeah. all free running athletes. Yeah, yeah. Dom's gonna get like they're gonna we're gonna call it the Tomato Award maybe for him. But um, yeah, man. Uh, one last question. This is completely off topic, but uh, is it true? It's about nine inches. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I figured. Um, around? Uh, I'd, I'd, look, I don't want to get too personal oh, on okay, public okay. forum. We'll, we'll, you, you, we'll talk about it off air. Yeah, yeah. Off air. Right, but right. Uh, is it true that Australians think that Americans have cool accents? Do you want me to answer, like, honestly? Honestly. Oh. Honestly. Well, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. Like, if you want to be, like, like the the Britain is to mm. America as America can be potentially to to Australia. Um, well, I think it really depends on the American accent mm. because there are some. I'll I'll just say it, there are some god awful American accents, <laughs> and there are some really really lovely pleasant American accents. All right. Uh, so I think definitely if if you came over, and you. You know, the I don't know. Are you from? I'm from here. here. I'm CO native, baby. Oh, beautiful. Uh, so just so I you think know, the the, the CO the accent, the accent, Colorado <laughs> accent, is actually pretty good. And I imagine that would go well, especially because Colorado's it's pretty hip right now. Oh yeah, so definitely on trend. We're a hop. We're a happening spot. Yeah, it's definitely fire emoji, fire emoji <laughs> spot, big uh, time. And so I think that would work. But you know, some some of the New York accents I heard when I was up in New York was was grating. Uh, so I don't know if, if I saw a pretty lady down the street and, you know, she had that accent, don't think it would it'd be scoring any goals for her. Oh, yeah. But maybe okay. a Colorado accent. Ooh. That's, that's probably the way to go. Ooh, baby. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess, you know, anyway, anyway you go, you're exotic, different, which is cool. That's where, that's where I live, baby, in the exotic, the land of the exotic. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. And on that note... Let's go ahead and crush this one out. I want to get out. We're going to go do some hiking. Yep. Thank you so much. Max Lee Abbott. I don't know if you like using your full name, but I don't mind. There it is on this episode of Hype Drop. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks. And uh, thanks you can find all of his info in the description. Much yeah, love. Cheers. Big shout out to Brandon for making a sick podcast. Hey, you know what I mean. It's fucking, uh, how dare you do that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> cheers, guys. All right. Peace. Now he looking in my face You better haul ass Cause I ain't with no fucking chase So lace up your boots Cause I'm about to shoot A true motherfucker going out for the loot